Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey, Pete. Uh, I've been thinking, you know this episode? Yeah. Uh, you the know, Brazil one. The Brazil one, mm. yeah. Do you, you know there's a fair amount of drinking of alcohol in it? Uh, yeah, a lot of drunkenness. Yeah, I, was, I was wondering if we should probably warn people before they listen, just in case they didn't want to hear that kind of oh, thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, so what, what should we say? Um, well, we'll just tell them that there was drinking and drunkenness in it. Okay. And that if they're a bit sensitive to that, maybe skip this episode and we'll see them again in a in a week or so. Okay, yeah, we'll say that. Okay. Should you say it or shall I? Uh, why don't you do it? Well, you've sort of said it now, haven't you? Yeah, I guess so. We'll just use this. All right. Okay. Enjoy the show. Thanks. History happened everywhere. A random place, a random time, and a topic pulled from the hat. The challenge, one of us goes away to find out all they can before coming back and revealing all to the other. You're listening to... History happened everywhere. I'm Pete Goddard and you're listening to History Happened Everywhere. I'm here in the studio with my good friend Ryan, the Rye Bear Weir. How are you doing, Ryan? Am I okay, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited for today. Yeah? I, I always say that, but like this week in particular. In particular. I'm really excited. All right. How do you think of the Rye Bear thing? Is that going to stick? Can we go with that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Rhino? Not Rhino. No, I wanted to go something different. Okay. Uh, your beard is looking very nice today, by the way. Well, thank you very much. I was thinking today um, about swapping body parts with people. Okay. Uh, and I was wondering, um, beard is what I would pick. If I was to select a body part from you yeah. and take it for my own, I would have your beard. Of, of all my body parts, of all you your would body have parts, my beard. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with many, if not all, of your body parts. <laughs> <laughs> and yet the beard is still the thing I'm you still would go going for. the beard, although I did think of a side order of the liver just in case this one packs up on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't thinking internally, you're right. So externally, I was wondering what you would take of mine. I would go with height. height. Can I take that? Yeah, you can take height. Why not? Okay, I'll take height. Anyway, let's get that beard flapping uh, and get to work understanding this week's topics. Should we have a quick run back and see what we were selected from the Durs later? Uh, okay, that's a good idea. Shall I hit the button? <laughs> <laughs> hit the button, Ryan. Right, I'm hitting the button. Here we go. Okay. And the country is. Well, Ryan, how big do you like your countries? Bigger than a France. Bigger than a France. Well, yeah. I've got good news for you, sir. Your country, sir, is... Yep. Brazil. Yay! That sounds awesome. All right. Brazil. <laughs> all right. Let's, um, I'm, I'm happy with Brazil. That's all good. Right. Well, it's all about the time period then, isn't it? Okay, let's hit the time period. Okay. Yeah. How modern do you like your time periods, Ryan? Oh, uh, I like... I don't want them the 20s or 30s. I feel like I've done lots of 20s and 30s. You've done a lot of that. And, and 40s as well. Really, even 40s, I've done 20s, yeah. 30s and 40s. Those okay. are, so I don't want any of that. All right. No problem. I can present you, sir. 1950. Are you kidding me? To 1960. <laughs> <laughs> For real. You're a hipster, man. You can go from rock and roll straight into uh, hippie land. I'm just going to work my way through the 1900s. That's fine. Uh, okay, Brazil, 1950 to 1960. Okay, and uh, you're going to want a nice broad topic, don't you? I do. Yeah. Okay. Let's hit the topic. All right. And the topic is. <laughs> oh no. The topic 
Sir is fashion. Fashion? Fashion. Oh, this sounds okay. In the 50s to 60s. Right. There's a lot going on, I think. I think this Brazil. is actually a riper, riper than it might have first appear. There you go. There it is. How about that? And now you're excited, you're primed, you're prepped, you're looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I am. Um, so this was one that I think both of us, just listening to it there, were like, yeah, actually, that makes sense. This is, like, often the Dursalator will give us things that we're like, I don't even know where how, that is. Or <laughs> there is no way that I'm going to be able to pull that out of the bag. But this one, this felt like there would be a lot of stuff to talk about, and we were right. Excellent. My goodness, the research this week has been thorough. Okay, do I need to uh, pack a sandwich or something for this long trek? Or have you boiled it down to the absolute glorious essence? Yeah, I mean, bring a sandwich if you like. But normally we start with uh, location. Where are we? We All that sort of stuff. Yeah. But to get us in the spirit of things, we're going to start a little bit differently. And we're going to start with Cachaca. Ooh. Okay, so the cachaca is a liquor. It's made from sugarcane juice, like white rum. It's used in a variety of different cocktails, and it is hugely popular in Brazil. Um, so we're going to be sampling some of that now, and it's the first thing that we're going to do to set ourselves in the mood and get ourselves worked up. An aperitif, An aperitif, say. indeed. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they produce 15 billion litres of it every oh. year, of which only 1% gets exported <laughs> <laughs> to the brazilian expat community presumably i guess so yeah yeah and well and to us a tiny little drop oh, in the ocean let's try it this is exciting okay he's going into a box normally it takes a while for us to do some sort of activity based yeah, we've gone thing, straight in but we're, we're not messing around i like so. it it's a big box how much of this stuff have you got a big bottle of cachaca um okay let's open it up all right i've got a couple of shot glasses all right open with shots this is going to be a fast and loose episode isn't it <laughs> Nice. Is it a cork? Ah, I love a cork. Okay. Here's yours. Thank you very much. Here we go. Let's just drink. Cheers Cheers to you, my friend. All right. Ah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's lively on the palate. So, okay. (laughs) So we're talking about (laughs) Brazil. Brazil is officially the federative... Federative... (laughs) The, 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 it's oh, fast it's, acting, isn't it, this stuff? Cachaca! <laughs> right, let's start. Brazil. Officially the Federative Republic of Brazil. Federative? Yeah. It's the world's fifth largest country. It's pretty big, right? That is massive. Yeah, it is the largest in South America and Latin America by far. It, it covers 47% of the continent's land area. So how many Frances in a Brazil specifically? I think there's probably like 10. Oh, that's interesting. It's 13.2 Frances. Oh, I wasn't far off there. No, no, you weren't. No, 8.5 million square kilometers, 3.2 million square miles for those that do miles. You've got the Atlantic Ocean on the uh, on the east. And uh, oh, that's still, <laughs> it's still kicking through. Getting Working kick, its I'm getting kicked back. Okay, so you've got the Atlantic Ocean on the east, and then the coastline runs around about 4,600 miles. And inland, it borders all the other countries in South America, except Ecuador and Chile. Um, it also has a land border with France. So With France? Yeah. 
French Guiana? Correct. Yeah, <laughs> French Guiana. T- uh, technically an overseas department of France. Oh, really? Not a country. Oh. So, yeah, uh, French Guiana, which is just slightly north of where Brazil is, uh, it borders Brazil. And so, hence, a land border with France. Unexpected. Uh, it is home to the Amazon Basin. It's one of my favourite basins. It is the largest tropical rainforest in the world. It covers 5.5 million square kilometres, which is... 8.5 Frances. And it is home to 40,000 plant species, 1,300 bird species, 3,000 types of fish, 430 types of mammals, and only two and a half million different insects. Uh, it is called a rainforest, but within the forest, you don't get a lot of rain. Not really. Um, the canopy is so thick that it actually keeps the forest floor almost in darkness, and it takes 10 minutes from the rain to hit the leaves for it to then start to drip through. Wow, that's a heck of an umbrella. Uh, Brazil, like America, is made up uh, of different states and a federal district. We were talking about this during the USA one. Yep. Uh, Brasilia is the capital city. Sao Paulo, the most popular city. You've probably heard of Rio de Janeiro. I have. Yeah, that's a state and a city, like New York, New York. Oh, right. So good they named it twice. It's 211 million people in Brazil. A lot of people. For the space, though, is that? I was just trying to figure it no, out. No, when you think there's, what, 320 million in America? Yeah. They talk Portuguese. It's the only uh, country in the Americas that talks Portuguese. Sim. Hola. Such an exotic language. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whew. I'm still I'm still withering from that drink. So let's talk cocktails. <laughs> this is before we get into the next bit. Normally, we talk about history. We do normally. But before we do that. This is a diversion I'm totally behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we do that, we're going to let's talk cocktails. All right. Uh, because the 1950s, which we're going to get to the timeline in a minute, they are perceived to be the height of the cocktail age. Oh. All right. Globally, not just within Brazil, within Brazil as well. Uh, cocktail hour, cocktail parties. Uh, you've probably heard of those things. They're like an integral part of social life at this time. Women are buying cocktail dresses. Uh, bars and clubs, they're offering new varieties of drink, different types of drinks to get people in. I'm thinking of mad men where everyone's just drinking basically all I the time. I want a Manhattan. Exactly. Give me a screwdriver. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appetite for cocktails is at a high. And we're in Brazil, so we're going to have cocktails too. Yay! Right, and there's a game associated with this. You've gone just straight out with the excitement, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> Holy cremoli, there's yeah. a tray of a tray all of, sorts of for cocktail stuff. palaver. We've got, right, there are six cocktails we are going that are available to us. Oh six Lord. Brazilian cocktails. These are classic Brazilian cocktails. And we have here, what is this? It's like a die. It is a die. So we're going to roll the die and you can and roll we'll it as many times as you like before I finish this episode. And you need to get all six of these cocktails. Right. Now, the chances are, if you roll it and you get, you could just get one six times in a row, we're going to end up with just whatever number one is on the cocktail list again and again and again, right? If you get all six and you have all six cocktails, you win a prize. Oh, I love a prize. If you don't get all six by the time I finished, you get a different kind of prize, okay? I'm Then the rules. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Non-specific and terrifying. <laughs> that's a number five. Right. Rabble. De Gallo. Do you know what that means? Do it one more time. Rabo de Gallo. 
Something of the uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get it. For I was for a moment. I suddenly thought I spoke Portuguese, but I just then remembered that I absolutely don't. <laughs> you got off that. Yeah, it means tail of the rooster. Ah, clever play on words. Yeah, tail it's a cock, cock tail. tail, right? Cocktail tail of the rooster. Like That's what it. it means. Rabo de gallo. It's funny. <laughs> right, this is a recipe that requires. Cachaça! Hey! Bum, 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 ba-dum. Cachaça. Uh, red vermouth and cynar, which What's is cynar? artichoke liquor. Well, I mean, who doesn't have so artichoke let me just, liquor? Well, let me just reach into this giant <laughs> box of booze. I have a bottle of cynar. I have a bottle of cynar. Cynar art. It's got a little picture of an artichoke on the front. That is, uh, it's a dark bottle. It looks like a bottle of red wine at first glance. <laughs> All right, I'm going to make some uh, rabo de gallo. Okay, he let's is... play some music. Oh yeah, okay. All right. And I'm back. Okay, we have two rabo de gallos. Rabo de gallo. Uh, recipe. For those following along at home, 60 milliliters of cachaça, 15 milliliters of red vermouth, 15 milliliters of cynar, the artichoke liquor. We stirred it with ice and we decorated it with a lovely slice of orange zest. Is that what you'd say? I would say what, I, so what I have here is a lovely tumbler with a kind of uh, an amber liquid. It's got some ice cubes and a little bit of orange zest. As described, it looks... Uh, very much like a tumbler of whiskey with a bit of orange juice in, of orange zest in it, but uh, right, let's, let's crack see on. how it tastes. Cheers! Right. Cheers! Oh, uh, it's not all right. <laughs> so you've diluted the booze with additional booze, yeah. is what I'm getting. Yeah, from this. Brazilian cocktails. Wow! Right, these guys don't muck about, do they? No, and that's so. why it's just occurred to me. That's why. Cachaça is one of those words that you can keep saying, however drunk you are. Cachaça. <laughs> so, the name of the game, remember, Peter? You've got to drink this. Right. Before you can roll the next dice. Okay. So okay, I have to that's finish the it trick. before I get another roll. But then I can yes. roll at any time. You're not going to prompt me to roll. No. You, you right. can say, you can just stop me and say, it's roll the dice time. Gotcha. All right. But you have to use the words, it's roll, it's roll the, the dice, dice time. time. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it seems easy now. <laughs> <laughs> five drinks time. Oh, what is the keyword? All right, and you got to get all six. Right. <laughs> okay. Which implies I'm going to have. Yeah. Okay. It's the math is not drinks. in my favour here. <laughs> so timeline. Right. Nine thousand BC. Guess who's there? Is it early man? <laughs> it's early man. <laughs> <laughs> Huh? 6,000 BC, earliest pottery is discovered. So 8,000 years ago. Uh, more recently, pretty much 500 years ago, the Portuguese arrived. That might not have surprised you. they have you. a habit of doing in the... the have we, they, they really got out there for a small nation. I mean, I guess it's the same for the UK, isn't it? Hmm. They, I don't know whether we've just accidentally, disproportionately come across them, but they certainly have been quite vivid in our previous episodes. Anyway, carry on. Okay, 1822. The son of the Portuguese king says, you know what? I'm miles away from my dad. I want to be the, the top dog. So he declares independence from Portugal. So he cuts off ties with his dad and crowns himself Peter I, Emperor of Brazil. I can get behind this guy. I'm well, with him. Just because his name's Peter. Obviously. Yeah. 1888, so about 60 years later, slavery is abolished and uh, European immigrants start to flood into Brazil. 1889, the monarchy is overthrown. And this is the start of a fashion towards... <laughs> 
towards new leadership. Neatly crowbar. <laughs> so the Federal Republic is started at this point, 1889. In 1902, Brazil produces 65% of the world's coffee at that point. The that's world's coffee. A substantial amount of coffee. It really is, yeah. 1930s, Getúlio Vargas. Uh, he leads a coup, uh, rules as dictator with the military's backing. 1939, Brazil declares itself neutral in World War II and then says, mm, actually, we're going to join the Allies in 1943. And in 1945, Getúlio Vargas, who we just talked about, who started the coup, he's now ousted in a military coup uh, of his own, <laughs> of a different one. Uh, so this is what I mean. This is fashion of new leaders and a new constitution returns the power to the people, back to the states. Which takes, After a military coup, that's unusual. Normally yeah. the military coup happens and then the military say, do you know who would be good at running this place? Right. The military. Exactly. Let's not roll five again. <laughs> I'll do what I can. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the 50s. So let's talk about the 50s. Post-World War II boom is happening. We're seeing like this period of economic and human growth. There's babies being born all over the place to make up for those, I guess, that died during the Second World War. Some degree of immigration from Germany. Yeah, there is a bit of that as well. <laughs> uh, it becomes known as the golden age of capitalism. All right. Yeah. This is not not just within across Brazil. This is across within the world. Yeah. So this is a decade where we see the start of the Cold War, uh, the civil rights movements in the US. North Korea invades South Korea. You might have heard of that, starting the Korean War. Uh, Queen Elizabeth II takes the throne. Elvis Presley records his first song, Heartbreak Hotel. And uh, the Russians get Sputnik in space and make it the first manned object in orbit. It's also a decade where in 1950, chickens were exploding in Germany. Any idea why? I'm going to guess it's because they were so excited at the Beatlemania. Beatlemania. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure where that came from. No, that was I the 60s know. anyway. Uh, a decade out. No, the chickens were eating bits of discarded carbide, which had been left behind by the Allies. And that was mixing with the water in their stomachs and creating a gas that then caused them to explode. So farmers were reporting their chickens running around on the floor and then just exploding into feathers. 1955 in the USA, uh, Gertrude Dorman is fined $51 for setting a hotel bed on fire. Um, the judge was unconvinced by her story that it was on fire when I got in it, which was her defense. <laughs> well, I mean, they can't prove it wasn't, but I can see there's a balance of probability question there. So that's that decade. In Brazil, though... This decade, 1951, Getúlio Varga, uh, who we talked about. Remember, he was ousted. Yes. He's re-elected. Oh, he's, he's made a re strong president. Yeah. But three years later, 1954, the military says, you know what? We're going to give you a, we're going to give you a choice here. You can either resign or be overthrown. And so what does he do? Not a lot of choice, I would have said. No, I what does he do? He's gone for resign. No, he kills himself. Wow. There yeah. Was a, uh -huh. Yeah. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a one final two fingers up, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So continuing the trend for new leadership, uh, President Kubetshek, uh, he steps in and uh, this economic growth just suddenly happens. Uh, whether he was good or whether he just walked in a great time, who knows? But post-war years were sort of boom time for everyone, weren't they? Yeah. So uh, he decides during this time that he's also going to move the capital of Brazil to Brasilia, the capital city. And he builds a city based on um, one straight line where there was like a central core spine where you'd get a train from one end to the other and be able to access uh, everything through that way rather than a normal city, which would have like a core and then everybody grows concentric 
rings around that. So so just clarify a couple of things for me there. So Please. Brasilia did not exist at all before and he went, I'm going to invent it. Or there was a place called Brasilia. And he it did like, not exist and he invented it and they built the city. Oh, right. Uh, but yeah, they built a brand new city and they wanted it to be entirely different and get rid of the old colonial days, have new buildings. This is a period of, of restructuring, getting rid of the past, looking forward to the future. Like Milton Keynes. Like Milton Keynes. Just as an idea though, building a city on a straight line, it's not the first time that's happened. It's unusual. There are a couple of other instances, but it's it's actually happening again today. In 2030, there will be a, there is a project in Saudi Arabia called The Line, where there will be a 170 kilometer long city that will be built. Everything will be within sort of five minutes of a central spine, a train, an underground train, the speedy trains that will take you from end to end throughout that line, wherever you need to go to sort of different compartments along the line that's very sci-fi isn't it uh, all the uh, all the shops and everything commercial bits will be underground as well so you'll just have like above ground there'll be no roads it'll all just be parks and houses and stuff for 170 kilometers in one line and then underneath it you've got this weird Westworld style <laughs> network of, of roads and trains and so i have a theory about that Go on. I have a theory and that theory is that stuff will grow around it organically and it will fail to be a line just like in brasilia which is exactly what happened. Oh, really? <laughs> got too, yeah, it got too big. And so they just started to continue to build around it anyway. And so it still has the line and you can live on it, but that's not where most people live. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, 1960, Quadros becomes president. I love Quadros. It's a new, it's a new one. Uh, but then he resigns several months later. <laughs> it's just, it's just an amazing a, it period. It a taster job. As a, I didn't like it. Didn't, it's this amazing. isn't for me. You don't get a... I mean, I've had jobs, many jobs, where I've had a period in which it's like, well, a few months later you get... It's not for me. It's not really working out. So I suppose being president could be one of them. Yeah, I I had a guy who turned up at work once. Uh, He worked for, I think, three or four hours and then went for lunch, didn't come back and had left a note just saying, I'm gone, I'm not coming back. That was it. So I'm kind of hoping this guy did the same. Anyway, so uh, Quadros, he's resigned uh, and there's this constitutional crisis and Joao Goulart, he takes over. That's where we are in 1960, which is where our time period stops. All right. So let's hear the national... a lot of upheaval. Yeah, it's a lot of upheaval. Yeah, within that sort of 10, 20 years previous. Let's hear the national anthem. All right. This was composed in 1822 or 1823 or 1831 depending on which article you read on the internet. I believe all of those dates. I'm drinking while while this is happening. Otherwise, I'll never get a chance to catch up. you got to really take big slugs of it, because it's like, gotta get it down! Right. What do you think? I enjoyed it. It um it was for me it put me in mind of a late 60s sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> That's oddly specific, but okay, fine. It is an era of unprecedented climate of optimism. It says on the internet. That's and fairness to that that tune was it was also one of a climate of optimism. It does give you a sense of optimism, doesn't it? Well, if you compare it to ours, which is dreary, dreary. <laughs> 
tourism is booming, and that brings with it a lot of European sort of influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's new forms of music and film that are starting to appear almost simultaneously. How are you doing with that drink? It's going all right. I'm about to start a new one. A new section or a new mm. drink? No, a new section. Well, that seems like a good time for a roll of the die. Yay! Five was not good. It's a one. It's a one, everyone. It's okay. Number one. Caparinha! 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 It's Brazil's national cocktail. Nice. This originated in the early 1900s as an antidote to the Spanish flu. Well, get Spanish flu. (laughs) Why not have a cocktail? (laughs) I mean, it's it's all upside, really, isn't it? (laughs) Does it work? Don't care. All right. (laughs) Let's hit that music and I'll make us a caparinha. Let's do it. To Caparena. Caparena, this. Um, do you want to do the, the instructions and yeah. I'll tell him what it looks okay. like? Okay, you're following along at home. The recipe is half a cup and two tablespoons of cajasa. Uh, one quartered lime, muddled. Two teaspoons of caster sugar and two cups of crushed ice. Put them in a little tumbler, mix them up, stir it well, get it down your neck. Let's give it a go. Oh, God, that's like a hundred times better than the last one we had. Yeah, that's nice. It's got sort of a, a limey Oof. bite through, but a bit of a sugary sweetness to it. And uh, I feel fresh. Uh, whereas the previous drink, I felt like I was slapped in the face with all my failures in life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, should we carry on? Let's do it. All right, what did we get to? Oh, yeah. So Brazil had a pretty active film industry up till 1950. Um, well, and including 1950, in fact. And in fact, after. So... Pretty much it's got an active All the film time. industry. <laughs> uh, they were making films that were either big budget epics, serious cinema, in quotes, uh, which were thought of at the time as ridiculously pretentious. <laughs> right. Or cheap comedic musicals known as chanchada, uh, which means trash <laughs> or filth or trick. It's It was super popular with the low income, the chanchadas. And we're just going to talk about that for a second. So stars were made from chanchada films, right? They, these were so popular. You got uh, stars like, you'll know him, Oscarito. I love Oscarito. <laughs> right? Love little Oscar. Brazil's most loved comedian. Uh, and uh, Grande Otelo. Big Othello. Yeah, uh, a tiny black man. Uh, yeah, a little bit of racism in there. <laughs> he was often sort of like, you know, not coming off well against Oscarito. Uh, but then you also had Dursi Goncalves. Dursley's calves. Not Dursley, Dursi. <laughs> Dursi, okay. Yeah. Who's that? Dursi Goncalves, who she was only 1.5 meters high. Four foot nine. Yeah, okay, that's pretty small. Anyway, she went on to win, or she holds the Guinness World Record for longest career as an actress. 85 years. Wow. She was an actress for. So you've not heard of Oscarito. You've not heard of Grand Otello. You've not heard of Dursi Congalves. Have you heard of Carmen Miranda? <gasps> I have. Fruit on a red. Fruit, her of the fruit hat. Yeah, that's her. Um, she got her start in Chanchada films. Allo Allo Brazil and Allo Allo Carnaval. Um, both popular films caught the attention of Hollywood and off she went. They're reminiscent of Benny Hill, Carry On films that in, in England. You might be familiar with those, uh, but with more dance. It's like a Carry On film with, with dance. Rare is the film that couldn't be improved with a dance number every now and then. For sure. You got end on a song. Uh, often erotic. They um, they avoided the censorship issues, though, like the other films had. Uh, they could be a little bit more risque because they didn't criticise the government. 
And so they were allowed to get away with a little bit more. Also, I think they were quite popular and making lots of money. So they didn't, they sort of left them alone. They were filmed in Sao Paulo, um, in an area that became known as Boca de Luxo or Garbage Mouth. Mouth, uh. mouth of the Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Anyway, um, so late 1950s come along and student filmmakers, being students as they are, they're influenced by more subversive films than Chanchada films, um, specifically in this case, those coming out of Europe. So the French, French New, New wave. wave, exactly. And they start protesting the Chanchadas and saying, hey, this is rubbish compared to what the French are making. Uh, we should be making more meaningful content. There's better things we can be doing with our time. And so they start making those films of their own. Uh, but with this time, with like a, more of an emphasis on politics. Well, I thought I thought we'd establish that you can be as sexy as you like as long as you don't criticise the government. Yes, but they wanted to start criticising the government. Mm, that's going to inhibit their sexy time. Yeah, there's a lot less sexy time. In fact, they start setting their films in poor fishing villages, in urban slums. They start telling sort of more dramatic stories rather than things that they're not ending on a song there's no comic fewer bald men being slapped on the head indeed yeah and each of the directors they start showcasing their own like unique styles individual tastes personal politics uh, in fact they're encouraged to do so uh, they have like this total freedom of expression um, they all start producing films in this way in this manner it becomes what is described as a more legitimate truthful and direct correspondence between the filmmaker and the world in which he lives. So by the end of the 1950s, this wave of uh, filmmaking becomes known as Cinema Novo, New Cinema. And it continues on throughout the 60s and 70s, and uh, it's very popular, influencing filmmakers even to today. That's interesting, That's because it's not famous though, is it? Even, like... The French New Wave is famous enough that even I've heard of it. Yeah. But the Brazilian... Cinema Novo. Cinema Novo has passed me by. Should we talk about music? Let's talk about music. All right. Bossa Nova. Heard of Bossa Nova? My primary knowledge and awareness of Bossa Nova is that it was one of the presets on a Bon Tempe electric organ that in the late 1980s, uh, or similar, was uh, the the must-have personal electric organ. Well, Bossa Nova. It literally means new trend. So uh, it, we're talking about later on in the decade. This is, it, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't appear until sort of the late 1950s. And we meet composer Antonio Carlos Jobim and guitarist João Gilberto. And these two get together and they start to develop a new sound together just from a combination of soft samba, traditional Brazilian music, influences of American jazz and Portuguese lyrics. And so they can sort of combine these things together. They're sitting in their bars, playing on their guitars and singing along. And they create this new form of music called Bossa Nova. And it came to sort of represent the the feeling in the area, that sort of youthful culture that was growing at that time. You know, like we were talking about the youthful films that were being made, sensual pleasure. I have to say, I'm getting a sensation of Brazil at this time being very much a very modern place, really moving with the times. Really trying to move with the times, trying to create the times. Yeah, yeah, in, taking influences from different places and making it its own thing, trying to form its own identity. So, usually performed on guitar with piano. Um, sometimes it does have other percussion and strings as well. Rio de Janeiro, it's, it's its natural home. There is a, uh, a nightclub there called the Bottles Bar. It's 
like the most famous venue for Bossa Nova at its time. And it was discovered in that club by an American music executive who was on holiday in Rio at the time. And it went on to define much of the music for the next decade. You think of the 1960s, there's lots of movies that use uh, Bossa Nova, there's lots of the charts are full of it. In fact, the girl from Ipanema, which you've probably heard of. I have. Sing me a little. I don't know the word, so I'm going to yeah. just guess on the word. Tall and sharp and small and handsome <laughs> and dum, 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 dum. The girl from Ipanema goes by. Da, 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 da. だららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららららら
I feel like I really should have learned what the cheers is. Well, that's fine. We'll just ask people. People will tell us. Okay, people. I haven't finished my drink. I've got to finish my Cabernet. Oh, you got to catch up, mate. Come on. I know you're doing literally all the talking whilst I'm sitting here drinking and listening and learning. I've finished it. That went down really oh delightfully. God. Right. Here we right. Go. Cheers, mate. Are you ready? Yeah. Is this it a is... shot? Are we downing it like a shot or are we... No, I don't think so. No, this is just a drink, right? Because it's yeah. a 50-50. I don't think we should be taking many more shots. Well, <laughs> clearly not. Casu amigo. Casu amigo. Casu amigo. Oh, that's... I don't know what that is. I... <laughs> it's smooth. It's really smooth. I'm not sure what to make of that. It's kind of not... There's no strong flavor that I would identify to it. It didn't punch me in the face like the cachaça did. No, it no because it's smooth. It, it takes the edge off it. Yeah, it's a little but bit. But it doesn't sweet. add a lot it's of flavour. It wasn't super sweet, was it? It was just sort of leavened it out a bit. Why does it remind me of libraries? Is it the smell of old books? No, that's all right. We can sip on that. Okay. All right. So we just bossanovered. Now we're going to talk about football. <gasps> so we're talking fashion in 1950s in Brazil, right? Well, let's talk about football. It's one of the most recognisable symbols of Brazilian identity. What do you think it might be? Brazil top. The Brazil shirt. That's right. The jersey worn by the national f- soccer team. My friends and I have a theory that... Uh, you have friends? I, well, okay. Some f- oh, people I, I used to know and I have a theory. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that uh, any uh, female lady woman person yeah. wearing a Brazil football top immediately became 20% more attractive. Yeah. Uh, and a similar situation with an Italy football top would make you 15% more attractive. But not 20%. Not 20%. Brazil, okay. 20 Italy, 15 <laughs> No other a weird flavour, by the way. There is no flavour to it. It doesn't taste of anything. It does the closer you get to the bottom of the glass. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a weird kickback. Right, let's talk about this is going to get harder, by the way, for me telling this stuff. So I am going to apologize to all of our listeners. This is going to be the worst <laughs> podcast ever for the people listening. And yet, ironically, the best ever for the people casting. High five. Yeah, right. So, yes, the yellow shirt <laughs> with green trim, blue shorts with white stripe, white socks. That's the kit. That's what you wear if you're a Brazilian footballer. Yeah, it's probably like the most iconic shirt in sport, I would say. Think of a more iconic shirt. I dare thee. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is, the yellow makes it look joyful. Right? Absolutely. It, uh, it, you, you look at it and you think of some of the greater footballing players. Can, can you name a good, like one of the greats? Yeah, I can. Now, I just, before I can't. You don't do football. Before I start this, people need to understand the degree to which I don't know football. Yeah. Um, Name me some famous Brazilian footballers over the years. Socrates. Number two on my list, yeah. Fat Ronaldo. (laughs) Yeah, number three on my list. (laughs) (laughs) The one with the haircuts. And I know he's number one. Obviously, he's number one. Yeah. Pele. It is Pele, yeah. Yeah. Number four? Come on. You can do this. (sighs) Right, hang on. Wait. So I've done Socrates, Pele. I love that Socrates was first. (laughs) Because I like philosophers. (laughs) You like the Greeks. (laughs) Uh, Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have put him on my list. Uh, Romario? He's not one of the originals, right? What about Neymar? He's playing now. Well, yeah, I don't know the ones who play now. Well, Neymar. (laughs) Neymar. But, you know, 
famous. Anyway, okay, uh, Carlos Alberto, captain of the 1970 World Cup winning side, said, For Brazilians, the yellow jersey is sacred. When we wear it, we feel pride, but also responsibility. A responsibility to inspire and to excite. Isn't that the words of a captain? Yeah, for sure. It's amazing. Let's have a drink to, how was his name? <laughs> Carlos Alberto. <laughs> Carlos Alberto. All right, Carlos Alberto. Because the thing about Brazil is... <laughs> yeah. I've watched international football and, uh, you know, mm. in international football, I tend to follow England due to the fact that that's where I live. Yeah. Um, and you get beaten by the French and it's disappointing and it's, you get beaten by the Germans and it's disappointing. You get beaten mm. by the Brazilians and you're like, yeah, fair enough. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> you feel good about it because you're like, you it's know fine. what? They are passionate about their football. Yeah. It means so much to them and they're a long way away, so I don't care so much. <laughs> <laughs> that territory thing kicking in again. Anyway, so th- let's talk about the shirt because we're talk- this is about fashion. This isn't about booze. The shirt's great. It's, it is iconic. It no, genuinely I'm, is I'm talking iconic. about the shirt, not you. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Trying to help you through this. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the shirt. I mean, we roll the die again. So please don't. I can't remember the thing. You've actually set a trap for yourself here. <laughs> I can keep going. The story of the shirt dates back to the 1950 World Cup. It says here. Right. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. Hold it together. You can do All this. All right, I'll do it. So let me take you back in time. All right. Brazil are playing Uruguay in the final. <gasps> We've done an episode on Uruguay. Right? Go back and listen to Pete's episode on Uruguay. It's very good. Unlike other World Cups, where you just it's like a knockout competition. You beat a team, you go forward, they, they go out. The 1950 winner was determined by like a group stage, right? Which is unusual. They don't really do that these days. But the final four teams play in like a round robin format and instead of a you know instead of like oh, so a group stage at the end so we do yeah. have the group stages now but, but that's at the beginning rather yeah. than at the end okay. yeah it's weird anyway Brazil were topping the group okay they're just one point ahead of Uruguay Uruguay needed to win Brazil they just they just can't lose right if they lose they're out Uruguay needed to win <laughs> You're drinking that way quicker than I am. <laughs> All right. You right there? You I'm adding just, ice to that? Uh, just chilling it up a bit. <clears throat> I should have stirred it through some more because the cachaça and the juice helped each other, but individually less good. That's it was good. more than the sum of its parts. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Right. We're talking about Brazil versus Uruguay. Yes. World Cup final. One point separating. Right. One point separating. Brazil are in the lead. Also, Brazil are playing at home. They're playing in the Estado de Maracana in Rio de Janeiro, right? This is their stadium, their home stadium. 200,000 people are in the stadium, right? Let me just put that into perspective. Wembley Stadium is the largest stadium, capacity stadium in the United Kingdom. It houses 90,000 people, right? There is a lot of people in the Estado de Maracano. Brazil are wearing their traditional kit, which is white shirts with a blue collar, white shorts, white socks and typically they take the lead shortly after half time half time boing goal brazil are in the lead they're winning they're going to win the world cup this is amazing everything's going great only uruguay equalize bang goal oh no it's equal now one all brazil just needs to hang on okay we haven't got long let's just hang in there say brazil only 11 minutes to go uruguay striker alcides gigia 
He runs down the right side of the field. He takes a low shot. Bang! Straight under the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. No. It's 2-1 to Uruguay. <gasps> Only 11 minutes left. Gigia, he peels away to the, to the right and he celebrates. He's like, yes, I scored against Brazil in the World Cup final. Sounds like a direct quote. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'd have said. And he stops <laughs> and he listens puts his hand to his ear and he listens and he realizes that the whole stadium is quiet. And he says, and this is his quote, three people have silenced the Maracana. Frank Sinatra, the Pope, and me. <laughs> right? And so the final whistle blows. Uruguay are crowned world champions. And the Uruguay team, they're running around, they're celebrating, they're like, woo, we won the World Cup. We're literally the best in the world. And the rest of the stadium is, and it's described <laughs> as disturbing and traumatic absolute silence. <laughs> Not just absolute silence, but disturbing and traumatic. And that goes on to prove it because uh, the aftermath is just awful, right? Newspapers and fans, they go, nope, never happened. Don't know what you're talking about. We totally won. Literally, they just don't accept the defeat. <laughs> they just refuse it. Sadly, other fans commit suicide. Some players never play for Brazil again. And the gold medals that they already had printed, not well, not printed, but made for the Brazilians, they just discard them. No one's ever seen them ever since. They've just, they've just, they just got wow. rid of them. They didn't want them. They're gone. Gold medals, gone. And as, as part of this aftermath, the white kit that they were wearing, totally unpatriotic. Don't ever wear that white kit again. We don't want to ever even see it again. You have ruined our lives, said Brazil to the oh, Brazilian players. Tremoli. Right? It was seriously bad, right? They were really, really upset. And so no one wear, wants to wear the shirt, right? No one's buying the shirt. No one's wearing the shirt. And so, like, this pressure starts to begin to grow to change it. And so in 1953, there is this competition which is set out by a newspaper called Correo da Manha uh, to design a new kit. And they say, you know what? You're going to have, we don't want white. We don't want any white. <laughs> <laughs> and so they use the, use the four colors of the um, Brazilian flag. Right. What the four colors? Gold, blue, white, yeah. trim, and, uh, but not for anything big. And green. Uh, do you know what the yellow stands for? The sun. No. Wealth. The gold that everyone thought. Oh, I started was with gold. I can't believe I blew that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did say gold as well. Uh, what does the blue represent? The beautiful blue skies over Rio de Janeiro. No, it means the globe. It's like the sea, I guess. Uh, green? The fertile crescents of the Amazon basin. Yeah, the forest, yeah. And what about the white? Tiny reminder of that god-awful final where we lost <laughs> against <tiny> Uruguay. <laughs> no, the white, it represents the stars on the flag. And there mm. are 27 stars on the Brazilian flag to this day. Just like the American flag, what do the stars represent? The states. Exactly. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Nice. Well, I've drunk this drink. Um, oh, no. Oh, it's roll the die time. All right. What's the, what's the, um, what's the thing? What number? Astonishingly, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, I'm delighted Please by don't this. tell me it's five. It's number two. Oh, seriously, have you got... I've not, I've not swizzed this at all. I feel like you've Remember how you this. thought I swizzed 11 cracker pulls in a row Yeah, I hadn't. But I do feel like you've, you've, you're rigging this. Because no. I should be checking. Honestly, I've been rolling straight. You know me, man. I don't cheat. Okay. All right. Number two, yeah? It was a two. It was a two and it all was right. always a two. Number two is... Capeta. Capeta? Capeta. 
It means devil <gasps> in Portuguese. I'm excited. It's from the north of Brazil, and uh, it's drunk carnival time. Woo! That's Mexican. All right, let's make the uh, let's make the capeta. All right. So, Pete, you rolled a number two, which I is did. the capeta. Uh, the recipe for this, if you're following along at home, is half a cup of ice, three tablespoons of cachaça, uh, three tablespoons of condensed milk, sweetened if you can find it. One tablespoon, table, tablespoon, oh. right? <laughs> one table, one tablespoon of ground cinnamon, <laughs> one tablespoon of honey. Did you do a tablespoon? Could you help me on this one? Cinnamon, honey, and condensed milk. This is a sweet drink. <laughs> yeah. And guarana, which is a tropical berry in the Amazon, and it's known to be energizing, like caffeine. So yeah, I helped you. I put the cinnamon in and... Yeah. Uh, we chose not to add cocoa powder. You can choose cocoa powder, but Pete said, I don't want that. There was a selection of very sweet things, and I thought additional cocoa yeah. was probably not necessarily. So what we're looking at, it looks like, like a frappuccino. Yeah. It's like a... Um, it's like one of those drinks you get at the uh, movies, a slushy. Oh yeah, it's a big, it's a big slushy frappuccino. Anyway. You'd pay eight pounds for this in Starbucks. Hey, cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. All right, let's give it a go. All Here right. we go. We have got straws. Yeah, nothing comes up my straw. Oh my god, that's sweet. We use them. Ah, oh, that is so sweet. It's delicious. Oh my, it's like drinking custard. That's really good, though. I kind of like it. The cinnamon kick is strong. No, I like that. That's good. How many more have you got left on the die? Well, I've done four, and I've astonishingly not repeated any numbers yet. <laughs> I know, that's amazing. The odds of me continuing that are obviously diminishing, because mm. that's the way odds work. And we've got two bits left. Yeah. What are the next ones? What haven't you got? Four I don't think we've had, and six we haven't had. Yeah. Okay, so you've got to get four and six yeah. in your next two rolls. Yeah. In the next two sections. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, feel free to stop me anytime you want. Remember, there is a prize. Anyway, right. Rio de Janeiro. It's one of the smallest states in Brazil. Oh, really? Hmm. But during the 1950s, becoming like this modern metropolis. There's two and a half million people living there, which is, I guess, a lot. It's got a coastline because it's on the east end side. And it's the third longest in the country. It has long stretches of these white sandy beaches, most famous of which you may have heard of. Can you name it? Is it Ipanema Beach? No. Is it another beach? Yeah. Copacabana. Ah, mm. at the Copa, Copacabana. She wore flowers in her hair. And a dress cut down to there. there. Yeah, that one. Copacabana. It's two and a half miles long. And it was, uh, at the time, it became like, you know, funnily enough, a trendy, youthful area to sort of hang out. Grab a tan, have a drink, chat with some mates. Copacabana. I like this drink. This is way too much for me. Right. On the beachfront is a hotel called the Copacabana Palace. Have you heard of it? No. It was used in 1933 as the location for the movie Flying Down to Rio, starring Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. And it attracted not just, just regular tourists, but also international celebrities, including French models, who brought with them what? Can I guess a serious guess? Yeah. The bikini. That's amazing. Good guess. I know my history of bikinis. <laughs> That's right. The bikini. It's a two-piece swimsuit. Did you know that? 
I'm aware of what a bikini <laughs> is, yes, I'm okay. very much. It has triangles of material. This is for people who don't know. Okay, so yes, people also, don't know please what explain a what a bikini is. might be. All right, well, it has two triangles for the breasticles, <laughs> two larger triangles for the under-esticles. <laughs> the under-esticles. <laughs> I might start using that as a word. The how's nether your, regions. How's your under-esticles? <laughs> uh, right. Did you know... Fun fact, did you know that the bikini goes back as far as 5,600 BC? Is that when Racker Welsh wore it with the dinosaurs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the film? Uh, 10,000 years BC. Yeah. Which good. arguably makes my point yeah. entirely relevant. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but in 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 reality, in truth, um, depictions of women wearing bikini-like garments um, goes back to the Roman era. There are sort of lovely little, what are they called, those little stones? Where you put Mosaics. Them. Thank you. Yeah. With women or men, uh, it didn't say, wearing... Bikinis. Like garments. But the bikini we know today... <laughs> <laughs> this is a disaster this episode it's fine edit this out edit this out go back to this it this is a disaster right you wait you got two more drinks to come mate <laughs> mine's frozen to the glass you put way too much ice in this I followed the instructions there's not half a mine's cup out. of ice in here Ryan it's roll the dice time <laughs> so you better suck that right. bad boy down I'm sucking it and hope that this... Do you want to witness this? Because I know you're worried about fraud. Yeah, no, we've only got two left. And it was four and a six, so go for it. Roll. Okay. I'm checking this time. Oh, it's a one again. Caparena! Yay! I mean, I feel it's a loss, but a win at the same time. Yeah, Caparena's good. All right, let's make a Caparena. All right. All right. We Ka have the Caipirena. Caipirena, this is a... I, I suspect this will be better than your last one because you've had some practice. Cheers. All right. Cheers, Cheers. man. All right. Caipirena. Mmm. That's good. Of all the repeat numbers to run, that was my absolute favourite. That's a good one, right? I'm happy with that. All right. I have left my notes the other side of the room. You've got so to I wing it from here on in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can do that. So something about so hats. So which one <laughs> so which one Go get your notes. <laughs> we were swimming bikinis. I can remember bikinis. What yep. do you want to know? Well, you were, uh, in fairness, you were struggling to even describe bikinis. So I think no, you really need your they're notes. Two pieces. Nether regions. Remember? Yep. I remember all of that. <laughs> triangles galore. There was a lot of triangles. Right. I need to get my notes. Go get your notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you just have to just put the okay. whole thing out un unedited <laughs> and say, this is what far. happened. This is what happened. We're sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Every 27th episode from now on, it needs to be a booze fest. 27th. Sorry, guys. This is how this is going. Please don't tune in. This is for us. <laughs> right. Where did we get to? Uh, bikinis. Mm -hmm. We were talking bikinis, weren't we? Mm -hmm. This is good stuff. You'll like this. All right. Okay. So we talked about bikinis in history. And we were talking about how like they existed in Roman times and stuff. Yes. But not officially bikinis. Like No one called them bikinis then. Correct. Right. Well, 
they would be called bikinis now. Not now. Well, they are now, but like then. Brazil time. Yes. <sighs> was there a sort Invented of in 1946. Prior to that? that was a big, big, like being. Yeah, it's like a one, bike, pi- one right? piece swimsuit. Yeah, but no, what I'm saying is like the buy of bikini, like a bicycle, there's a unicycle, right? And a bicycle. Mm mm. Uh, there's you're think there's overthinking this. Oculars and binoculars. no, you're you're, you're think overthinking this. Okay, that is not why they're called bikinis. Okay, they're not even called bikinis. They're called bikinis. Okay, and they're called bikinis because of the bikini atoll. <gasps> Tell me more. Which is where the nuclear bombs went off. Which kind of bomb? The nuclear. <laughs> I'm changing it, so I can't get shouted at. I'm changing it completely. It's not nuclear, and it's not nuclear. It's nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's a great take it off <laughs> with atomic stick with atomic all right so the bikini as we know it today was invented in 1946 by the french engineers louis riard and jacques Haim. it required two people to invent the bikini yeah one for each Segment. triangle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was created in part due to the rationing of material during the second world war there wasn't a lot of material, so they went, you know what? Well, let's make a swimsuit that's made of less material because we can't get a lot of it. I'll be honest, it doesn't feel like it required an engineer. Mm. I'm fairly confident I could invent the bikini <laughs> given the sufficient uh, restrictions and imperative. If well, you said you've got to go swimming too. and this is the material you've got to cover up your bits, I would invent the bikini almost certainly. <laughs> I don't think a four-year degree yeah. is a necessary, <laughs> necessary yeah. requirement for this. It's true. Anyway, so it was named after the Bikini Atoll, and they wanted it to be as explosive as the bomb right. that they were naming it after. Anyway, it was. It was pretty controversial. Uh, so controversial, in fact, that uh, the Vatican, where the Pope lives, they, they said it was a sin to wear it. Don't wear it. It's a sin. God does not like you wearing the bikini. Yeah, God hates those bodies he created. Yeah. Also, kind of like, what are those leaves? They were like a bikini, you know, Adam and Eve. Yeah, one. yeah, the old figs, the old fig, fig fellas. Yeah. yeah, so no, there were like loads of debates on the radio because TV wasn't a thing then. Um, countries, whole countries said, you know what, this is illegal. We are not allowing a bikini. Imagine that. In this day and age, can you imagine any countries that would not allow a bikini? Well, it's free the nipple all over again, isn't it? But it doesn't stop its popularity. People still wear the bikini. Well, I think those two things are, go hand in glove, don't they? If it wasn't popular, no one would need to legislate against it. <laughs> it would simply be something nobody was interested in. <laughs> and boy, are people interested in the bikini. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bridget Bardot, have you heard of her? I have. Rita Hayworth, Ava Gardner. I'm aware of all these people. Famous models, actresses. They wore the bikini on beaches, like at the Cannes Film Festival and stuff. And that gathered a lot of press. People were like, hey check these ladies out wearing almost nothing on beach that's kind of cool and naughty and so bikini's got like a bit of a reputation that was back then no one would pay money to see someone just wearing their underwear or similar today would they all right uh right so i've lost my place (laughs) (laughs) right all right anyway so like because of those celebrities right rita gardner Ava Bardo. Who are we talking about? 
Um, right. So the, there was snacks. like, look, the point is a bunch of celebrities were wearing a, a bikini, right? And it was causing a bit of a fuss. And every, like some people were upset by it. Other people were like, oh, that looks kind of cool. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, it did. And it just spread around the world. The bikini people were wearing bikinis all over the shop. And then by 1956, people were wearing bikinis in Brazil on the beach. Like, you know, hey, I'm wearing a bikini. Problem? Question mark? Was there a problem? Um, a little bit, but not much. In fact, it was less of a problem because they actually started to just adjust the bikini to their own needs. But like they, they found the bikini super comfortable, right? It's just tiny little bits of triangle material, right? Who wouldn't want to wear that? It's easy to wear. You just slip it on. It's easy to mix and match with whatever else you've got. Yeah. Uh, it's cheaper than like a big one piece swimsuit. Hey, do you like tanning? A bikini. Perfect. Like your whole body is on show for the sun apart from little triangles. Um, do you want to go do you want to go to the bathroom? The bikini is really easy to take off and you know, you go to the washroom. Ah, uh, yes, of course. You don't have to get it from the shoulders on down. Imagine if you had like a one piece. Right. And it's more flattering. It's as flattering as the things you have to offer, <laughs> I would suggest. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, so the Brazilians who are keen beach goers decide that they're going to adapt the design because it's not even nearly enough. Modest for them, really. Modest, yeah. So they create the Brazilian bikini. Ooh. What does the Brazilian bikini look like, Peter? I, I don't know. If you ask me the well, question you don't of know, what's a Brazilian like, it suggests a sort of very high cut no. to me. Well, it, it, that's exactly what it is. They cut the lower half higher, so there's less material in the lower half of those triangles. Just because I, I didn't know if you'd know, Peter, I created a little, a little, infographic. A little, a little album <laughs> here that I'm going to pass to you. Okay. These are Brazilian bikinis. Just scroll. Okay. Uh, just scroll Crikey. to the um, right. So so what I'm seeing is like, it's like, if you imagine a French cami knicker and then like cut half of that away. Right. And then from, from the front, it's like, imagine you had a triangle of material and then somebody said, I'm going to need 50% of that material back. Right. Uh, but here's a shoelace. Then it's getting narrower and narrower. So it's more sh more shoelace and less handkerchief, shall we say, as we go. Uh, yep, the, sh the shoelace is definitely taking over. Well, you know, for, for descriptive purposes, yeah. none of it looks super comfortable, but I have been told it is comfortable. There's sure. a lot of things going very much between the cheeks. So there you go. That is the Brazilian bikini. It leaves a little to the imagination, wouldn't you say so? It also had another side effect. What's that, Ryan? Of a fashion. A fashion for hair removal. <gasps> I think I see where this is going. Well, I'll tell you what, though. It's roll the dice time. Okay. I need to drink mine quicker. I didn't really finish this myself. Yeah. Oh, I finished. <laughs> Four or six. That means you've got to roll this twice in the next section. It's a Kaiperana. Oh, my God. Right. Okay, we've had another Caparena. Right, here it is. Um, here it is. You've got it in front of you. Enjoy your third Caparena. Oh, uh, well, honestly. <laughs> you still need two more. It's very mixed emotions, because uh, on the one hand, I'm disappointed I didn't get the new drink that I haven't got, mm. which is a four or a six. But literally, of all the ones we've already had, this is the one I'm prepared to yeah. keep drinking more oh, of. That's... So, 
Good news, right? I think right? it's the best losing option that I have. Well, drink it quick, because you've only got a little bit left of the episode. I'm on it. Right, so we've established that the bikinis Oh, are, yeah, we're talking about bikini. Bikinis were embraced by the Brazilians, and they... Made their own, the Brazilian they bikini. took it a step further, and that resulted in some movements. Problem is, when you're producing a bikini which goes even higher, you're, uh, you're displaying more skin. So the human has how many hair follicles? Two and a half million. The human has five million hair follicles. So uh, what do those hair follicles do? They grow hairs. Yeah, but what do they do? What does hair do on your uh, body? Number of things. Why they, do you uh, grow hair on your body? They react to things. They trap pheromones. They um, yep. conceal baldness. Reg- <laughs> <laughs> they regulate body temperature. So they, they protect things on your skin. outside elements, yeah, yeah, like dirt. Yeah. Right, stop dirt getting in. And they, you know, look stylish and slick. In ancient uh, Greece, in Rome, in Egypt, in early Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Persia, people are like removing all of their body hair. Now, it could be because just the hot temperature It's just, you know, from a health perspective. Certainly, we know that in Egypt, they were using a type of sugar and lemon juice that they would apply to themselves and uh that was known as sugaring uh, it's still popular today i was gonna say that's still a thing isn't it sugaring is still a thing yeah if you're you can buy it on amazon as a means to remove hair from your body uh it's a sign of civilization and class the romans saw it um wealthy men and women in the roman era the roman empire they would get together and they would remove the hair with tweezers and all sorts of tinctures and potions what is interesting to me is that Charles Darwin appeared and he wrote a book. Do you know what his book was? On bikini waxing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was very ahead of his time, as we know. <laughs> Personal grooming. No, he wrote a book called Descent of Man, and that was in 1871. And in that book, he theorized that... The the scent of man was related to how well he shaved. Well, kind of. Natural selection, he talked about. Right. And uh, he said that Homo sapiens, related to apes, had become that way. They were less hairy than apes because they had found less hairy mates more sexually attractive. And so... Because of the success of his theory and his book, there were... I lost my place. It's okay. I'm good now. All right. So what did he say in The Descent of Man, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) He said that, right, Homo sapiens, right, had evolved less hair because they had found apes less attractive. And so natural selection meant that less hairy was more attractive. And so at the time, people took that to be, I should have less hair on my body. And so from that period, 1871 onwards, there became like this accelerated plan of I'm going to remove hair from my body. Uh, By the early 1900s, You've got the upper middle white women uh, across the Western world that were associating smooth skin with being desirable. Uh, so you, you start to see it within fashion, hemlines starting to rise on skirts. Nylons through the war effort meant that uh, bare legs meant that they needed to be shaved. 
Gillette started to start producing razors for men that women also took on board. So there was like a, a, a thrust towards nakedity, the removal of hair. So there, there is an interesting gender aspect to this, though, isn't there? Which is st- still ongoing, I would argue. But um, there is a sense that hair is not feminine and is masculine in some ways. So women shave their legs and shave just all sorts of parts of their body that men don't, like underarms mm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yet also men shave their faces. Mm. There's a politics to hair that is very complex and quite interesting, I think. Right. Because there is also, I think you, you, there's, a, there's so many dimensions to it. There's the civilizedness, right? So the wild, a wild man is always portrayed as this long, out of control hair, big out of control beard. Yeah. Like sort of the control of one's own body is in, in many ways manifested through the medium of hair. Just a thought. I like that thought. Anyway, so fashion has changed. In the 1950s, Playboy was the first magazine to feature hairless women. What do you think about that? Clean-shaven models being used in softcore pornography. So I I have quite complex views on this, which is um, hair, to me, hair is a natural part of a human body, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really like the fully shaven look because it brings to mind, obviously, prepubescence right but equally it's not that simple because there was just enormous practical aspects to all of that as well sure um it's not really the podcast for this discussion <laughs> <laughs> but uh i guess i think i think the, the thing that is most problematic for me is that there is a sense that hair is in some way disgusting which it clearly isn't hey i brought snacks <laughs> let's see what you got i brought snacks right so we have little Brazilian snacks here. We got little snacky crispy things. Biscuit no not biscuits, they're like I don't know what they are. Do I try those? And then there's little balls. Right. I forget what they're called. Are these uh I'm gonna try one of these balls. Do you want a ball? Yeah. Have a Brazil ball. Okay. They all look totally different though. They're sweet, those balls. Yeah, but none no two of them are the same. Yeah, no, they're Explain not. Explain these balls to me, right? Okay. You've got a chocolate one, you've got a vanilla one, you've got a caramel one. And a something other one. But what are they? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Right. Hello. This is the voice of the internet. Ryan has forgotten that the ball-shaped confectionery is called Brigadeiros. They are a bite-sized chocolate sweet that some people say are bonbons and others truffles, but they are really closer to balls made of fudge. Traditionally, Brigadeiros are made of sweet condensed milk, chocolate powder, eggs and butter. Thank you. Let's open the crisps. Come on. All right. So this is a torcida. It's a costalina con limao, which suggests a lemon. No, it's a lime. Oh, they're quite good. They're like pillows of beef. Beef pillows. Imagine sleeping on a pillow of beef. Oh, my God. I can't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> More alarmingly. Well, yeah, but that was ages ago. <laughs> I know. We are still talking about you got to say the words. Draw the dice time. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the dice. I've How got the dice. You? I found it's the like dice. Yellow. It's fine. Found the dice. Okay. Yes! It's a four. Is it really? It genuinely is. Let me see. I'll be honest with you. Oh, that is a four. No, I need an adjudicator though, because there's a, like a little nugget in oh, the middle <laughs> that <laughs> makes it look like a five no, that's been filled in. That is a four. Yes. All right. 
Come on. <laughs> that was spectacularly unlikely. I know. I well, suppose one in six chance, right? Well, exactly. Right, number four. That is Lete de Onza. It's milk of the jaguar. You've only got one left of these. I'm a bit scared that you might actually win this competition. That would be, I mean, brilliant for me. Yeah, but not great for me. But I'm fairly drunk already, so God knows where, how right. we end this. I'm going to make some later de Onca. All right, get on it. Right, so, so this is number five, right? No, well, number four. No, don't say number four. Right, number, number four. Number four is Lete de Onza, which translates as Jaguar milk. In the recipe, if you're following along at home, still. <laughs> you're still with us. Thank you. Side note. <laughs> one part cachaca, one part Baileys, half a part condensed milk, one part whole milk and ice. And that's it. That's your lot. Right. Cheers. It looks nice. It yeah, looks man. Like it's, a a, it's a cheesy drink. It's like a milkshake. It's nice. It's like uh, sexy milk. Have you ever had sexy milk? That's what it would taste like. Not sure what you're asking me. But carry on. <laughs> so where were we, Ryan? Well, we were talking about taking off hair. hair. Oh, yeah, the politics of hair, which is a yeah, complex yeah. subject, actually. So in Brazil, the Brazilian bikini appears and it's closer to the buttocks, which means that you've got to get a lot more hair removed. I'd have to say it was the ones, the one, the pictures you showed me, that was inside the buttocks, really. It was yeah. Between and embedded in the No, buttocks. that's exactly right. It's the legs. It's the pelvis which uh, you would describe as the pubic area, the area between the anus and the pubic area. <laughs> as sexy as that sounds. <laughs> What's the area called? Anyway, in Brazil, <laughs> they, they produce the bikini. <laughs> they wear the bikini bikini they want to wear the brazilian bikini which is less bikini than the bikini right right that's where we got to now what that meant is that waxing kicked in now why would you wax rather than shave well waxing it takes longer oh my goodness it's so much longer than just shaving like grab a razor and just shave the hair off but no when you wax oh my goodness it's so much smoother <laughs> I've lost my place. So it was a lot like an advert at the moment. I'm like, oh my God, should I be waxing? So bikini wax is introduced. <laughs> Come on, right? You can do this. Bring it home. Come on. Okay. So bikini wax is <laughs> All right. And so bikini waxing becomes a thing. And uh, women are making their own choice, whether or they want to shave or whether they want to wax. And it's a, it's a thing. How do you feel about that? I feel fine about it. Good. Because, and we're at the end of the podcast. There you go. Is that the end of the podcast? Yeah. That's not the end of the podcast. Is that, are you saying that because you've still got one drink? Roll the dice time! <laughs> roll, the dice. <laughs> roll, roll the dice, quick, before I finish. All right, here we go. The final roll of the podcast if this is a six i win it's a one again it's kashasa kaiparinias all round hey pete hey rye hey man 
So you didn't win the competition. I did not win the competition oh, at all. I got very, I got super close. In fairness, the odds was massively against mm. me, and I got to a place where I was in a one in six chance of winning. Yeah, and you, I did not you win. Didn't win, did you? No, sir. See, so I guess you lost the other prize. You won the other prize. What? Well, yeah, I won the other prize. Oh. What's the other prize, Ryan? I think you know what it is. I think you know what it is. Go on. No, I think you know what it is. What do you think it is? Well, if I know you at all, yeah. you're going to say I've got a waxing kit here. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> We're going to do a Brazilian <laughs> waxing. <laughs> oh, my good lord. So you got to take your shoes, your shoes and your trousers off. But let's go. Come right, on. okay. What let's am I waxing it. exactly? Take your shoes and your trousers off and let's go. Right, right, okay, fine. Removal of public... Public? Public hair. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the problem, right? The public Removal hair. of pubic hair using a special wax, which can be hot or cold. Oh, my God. It basically it adheres to the hairs, not the skin, <clears throat> and it pulls them out. Mm-hmm. For the record, remove. Ron and I are now sat around the table, <laughs> and both of us are trouserless. Side note, both of us still have socks on. <laughs> but also our pants. Yeah, we well, just yeah, at least yes. also, also we on. also have our pants on. Right. Ryan has got the kind of pants <laughs> a man who knew he might be in this situation I'm is in. Up. Whereas my pants are a lot more yeah. did not expect this kind of pants. Right. <laughs> you know the ending of our podcast? Yes. We're going to do this through our, the ending of our podcast. I know. All right. So I'm going to give you a, a bunch of strips. I might have a couple. I might have a couple. Yeah, no, Get there's, going, there's right? quite a few. But first of all, we need to give you what your topic, time and place is going to be. Yeah, let's do next. that before we do this. That's a very good <laughs> yeah. idea. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to hit the button. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> the next episode of History Happened Everywhere. The country is... Singapore. Singapore. Okay. Ooh, interesting. Do you want to know the time? I do. All right, let's hit the time. And your time is the Persian Empire. Interesting. Yeah, that's 550 BC to 330 BC. Very not Which modern, is the person, the person, the person, Persian Empire. Persian Empire. Oh, man. <laughs> and do you want to know what the topic is? It's almost irrelevant at this point, but all let's right, hit go the on. button. Go on. It's like... Space. All right. And the topic is green faces. Nice. What is it? Discovery. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's okay, actually. So, uh, Singapore. Singapore. Persian Empire. Persian Empire. Discovery. Discovery. That's kind of cool. All right. I'm into it. All right. Right, we so need to wash ourselves. Work? So you wash yourself with these wipes. We, need, we both need to wash and dry ourselves with All the right, wipe. Okay, yeah. All right. Wherever you want to do it. I want to do it what here. I'm doing? I'm, I'm doing this whole area. <laughs> yeah. I'm going in. I'm going straight full. I'm going the, in, right? I'm I mean, like, if you're going to do this, If you're right? going to do... All right, yeah. I'm not just going to do a little knee area. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, do yeah. a whole... We're doing the bikini, right? We're doing a, our okay. bikini Seriously, area. Seriously, wash and dry the area. I'm... Very unsettled by this entire experience. Right, I'm, I'm very mm. close to Ryan whilst <laughs> rubbing yourself. Rubbing, uh, clean, right, clean slowly up. peel the parts. All right, wait, we should let it dry. Right. 
Do you want a drink while you wait? Yeah, yeah, go on. What do you want? you got to roll it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. This is a six. I'll be furious. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a... Fuck. It's a five. It's a six. It really is a six. <laughs> <laughs> One time previously, and I wouldn't be waxing my genital area. Die. Thanks a goddamn lot. <laughs> okay. Wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm going to... I'm Right. Because that was as unlikely as getting a six the last time. Yeah. <laughs> down. That Rob, down. Stop. Can you hide that? Can you please hide that? I don't want to look at it. Just... <laughs> I can't hide it. It's a part of me, Ryan. <laughs> okay. Well, Pete's gone for it, so I didn't know what to do. It was very complicated. Oh no! Hold the tab. Yeah. Hold the skin tool. How can I hold the skin tool? This is what women get up to yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. Pull the strip back as yeah. fast as you can. It's right. in bold letters here yeah. and in capitals. In Monsieur Mura, you've got to re- start reading. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Okay, that's very much, that's our show for this week. Thank you yeah. very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with any of the things we talked about in this episode, we can be found on our Twitter account, oh, no. which is at HHE Podcast, or you can email us at the HHE. Oh, my Christ! Oh! Oh! Oh, which, um, oh, um, rate and review the show. It helps us and helps others discover the show. Oh, my Jesus! Oh! Oh, it's stuck! Oh, that's not good! Oh, none of those things are good. Okay. In the discussions about the show on Facebook and Reddit, wait, what did we say? It helps us and others meantime. You can find... What? <laughs> what? What's that? In the meantime, where were we? Oh, my God. We've got so many more. You can more. find and join the discussions about the show oh on Facebook God. and Reddit. This is your so make sure to subscribe to those who, as well as Twitter, Instagram, and... Oh, my God. <laughs> That one really hurt. Oh, 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 that was much worse than the last one. Oh. Is it bleeding? I've got a lot of blood. <laughs> so anyway, review the show. Review the show. Thank you for listening. If you've got this far, then you are a, pro- a hero. All right, here we go. Oh my God, look at all the blood. All that leaves to say is... You've been listening to... History Happened Everywhere. That was fine.